1: and Smeddy
2: here because I hate quarterbacks I don't hate quarterbacks welcome to another edition of Golick and Smeddy Michael Golick senior here along with Jess Matana Uh, we hope you've been uh, following along enjoying as the as the kids say uh, what is it subscribe rate and review and then as Sue would say unsubscribe Rate uh or subscribe, rate and review again. So yeah, I just mm-hmm. want to make sure I say all that stuff. We got we got a lot of obviously sports to cover, and and you know maybe some baking to cover and some auto sports things. But you know I, I think yes, this is a, a show we should start with. You know, unfortunate news. Um, you know, I know you've talked about Grant Wall, and that happened a little bit ago. And I, I we'll mention him, the writer who who passed away in in Qatar, Qatar. However, you want to want to say it over at the World Cup, which is, Tough situation there, but even even uh, more recently than that, Mike Leach uh, passed away. The uh, the I'm not sure how to w- what adjective to use to describe him as college football coach in, yeah. but just eccentric. so much. Yeah, that's a great word, eccentric. <laughs> so much more. I mean, when you add a pre- Mike Leach again, 61 years old. I was actually and and my son uh, Mike Jr. was with me when I was calling the game on sunday uh it was the chargers against the miami dolphins and we had heard then i know it happened earlier on sunday but we had heard that it, they, they were calling it you know a personal uh, um you know issue that but he had to get airlifted from his home uh i believe it we he's in starkville to jackson mississippi and everyone was talking about how dire it was and and 61 years old and he passed away it was uh, he, i guess he had a massive heart attack but uh I mean, he was a guy, Jess, who, I mean, you listen to that, for, forgetting the coaching and the air raid, you know, starting out with Hal Mummy years ago. And I, this was actually Hal Mummy's, for those that don't know, this was actually Hal Mummy's offense, but Mike Leach kind of named it, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of gave it its identity, uh, which, which spread everywhere. And and he was he was he went to places and it was kind of a, a different offense and it always threw for a million yards and it got a lot of press and he'd go to places and he'd win. But he was more interesting for his pressers in talking about world history or just some crazy, crazy things. He was just a he was a fun listen, so obviously sixty-one, much, much too young uh to pass but uh it's it's tough because you know when somebody dies in their 80s or 90s you know it's kind of a celebration of life because they've lived that life but 61 he had so much more time and it's such a sad thing but you still want to celebrate you know what he meant certainly to the football and the college football world but as i said even even more he was he he was something else with a microphone
1: yeah certainly thoughts uh go out to his family members and the players on the team i'm sure it's very difficult to go through something like that when your season's still kind of going on too and have to deal with all those emotions so thinking of his family and all the people that loved him and cared about him um and like you said mike even though he he did die very young he had a massive impact on on the way that offenses were played in college football so that certainly will be a legacy that people will remember for years to come
2: yeah I mean a couple of quarters listen he he was uh at Texas Tech Cliff Kingsbury was his quarterback and At yes. Washington State uh Gardner Minshew uh, was his quarterback and you know that offense produced just incredible numbers for the offensive side and and those quarterbacks didn't go on to do a ton of things uh Minshew obviously still playing but but that kind of offense translating to the NFL. It was was, fun to watch though. It was fun to watch in
1: college football. That's for sure. It it,
2: it was definitely fun to watch. He actually taught a class as well in college. Uh, I mean, he was just, and and I think that's what made it fun as well. Just we've all sat in press conferences where, you know, especially after a bad game or something, you're trying to figure out a good question to ask. I mean, Mm -hmm. with Leach, you could, you could just go off football, you know, Hey, you know what, what's the best gift at a, a wedding that you would give? You know, I mean, you could just kind of ask him anything and he would have an answer for it. It was, it was really wild to listen to him talk. Um, uh, so it, it's, it's a shame because he was a personality that's gone, certainly for the family. It's just a, a horrible situation. But, you know, in the, in the college football world, and we live in the sports world, it's, uh, he, he certainly is, is going, and, and him and his type of offense is going to be missed
1: yeah certainly and you mentioned grant wall who was a friend and a former colleague of mine i talked about this on the levitard show on monday but um he will be sorely missed i'm still sort of kind of shocked by the news he passed away you know covering a soccer game in the world cup on friday in qatar like you mentioned and um he was just a really really nice guy i mean he when i when i started out at sports illustrated he within a first The first couple months of of even knowing me he invited me over for dinner at his apartment which i thought was super nice because you don't expect people with that sort of stature i mean he was like the preeminent soccer journalist in the united states Um, I didn't know why he wanted to talk to me but he invited me over for dinner and we had a good time and you know became friends and he was very vocal in support of of our union at Sports Illustrated when that happened and when Sports Illustrated was going through a lot of tumultuous management changes and crises um, in 2019 and 2020 so that is a humongous loss for not only all the people that read his work and listened to his work and watched his work. Um, my boyfriend actually shot a, a soccer documentary series with him uh, all over the world. They traveled together to different countries to talk about, you know, the local soccer scene there. And, and so, I mean, he had such a huge impact on the global game of soccer and people that watched and consumed that in the united states and in growing the game in the united states but even more than that i mean there's so many tributes that have been written about him and i'm sure people have already seen a lot of that but he was just a a genuinely good guy and cared about other people and would always help out you know a younger person in media who who needed a helping hand or who needed you know help with a source or something like that he was always quick to kind of help out and, and do what he could for them so that is a just a tremendous loss I think for for the soccer community for you know the Sports Illustrated family anyone who's ever read his work anyone who knew him certainly his wife Celine um, and so we're you know we're all very very sad over here about that because it's it's still c- kind of hard to comprehend
2: you know I, I and I didn't know Grant Wall certainly like you did or most others in the business that I did not did not know him but uh, after he passed, I started reading a lot about, you know, when people were writing about him. And, and you can really tell when somebody has an impact. Because there's the traditional, uh, you know, rest in peace, you know, sorry to the family for their loss. But there were so many, just what you said, stories. You know, you had a story. Stories that people were saying about how this guy bent over backwards to help people. Always yeah. put out a helping hand. That, that was the thing that caught my eye is... That he seemed to go beyond just the normal what his job was and really mentor others or help others. And that was a, a very cool thing to, for, again, for someone we're in the same business, but, but while I knew of him, I know obviously know him, know of him, but I, I, I never had any, a lot of interaction with him. That to me was the thing that caught my eye that, that he just, wasn't in it for himself that he was there to help others as well that was a very 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 cool thing to read
1: yeah that's absolutely true i wrote a sports illustrated story probably two or three years ago about a u.s women's national team player and i called him before i started writing the story just to be like hey like who do you think i should talk to for this and he just gave me he gave me so many contacts of people that were people whose number i never would have gotten who would talk to me for the story because grant kind of gave you know gave them the yeah you should talk to her kind of thing which like most journalists you know if you're like hey i'm going to write a story about someone on your beat not only would they not do all of that they might even be like hey don't <laughs> don't right. infringe on my territory that exactly. kind of thing but no that wasn't the case at all and and like he was totally cool with it and and like really nice about it and Um, just like super helpful. Like, like I said, so yeah, a huge loss. I mean, certainly watching world cup games now is going to be, it's going to feel really weird. I, I, you know, there's semifinals and then the final this weekend, I still feel kind of strange watching the games now. I know, you know, people are still going to be watching them and everything like that. It, it, It does feel weird knowing he's not there. Uh, to cover it. And certainly that he won't be covering the men's world cup in North America in four years, which, you know, he, he did so much for, for the game, bringing the game to the United States and growing it here that it doesn't seem fair that he won't be around to uh, to cover that on, on home turf. But um, certainly, you know, I I think he, and, and like we talked about with, with Mike Leach, like his grant's legacy was just like to grow the game of soccer and and to be a good journalist and to be kind to others. And that those are certainly things that I think he would want people to do um, to remember him.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and again, one of the main reasons why these are so tough is Mike Leach was 61. Grant Wall, I think, just had his 49th birthday. I mean, you know, 12 years younger even than Mike Leach. So, so, so before their times uh, that they went so uh, we we definitely wanted to uh, to pay our respects and I, and I wanted to hear some stories about Grant Wall because from you because I knew you had him and it was just again it was it was nice to read you know how much he had helped so we we wanted to pay our respects to both uh, right off the bat here obviously there's there's sports to get into and and really quick right right off of Grant Wall and we talked about this before I haven't been watching as much World Cup A because US team is out so and, and B, <laughs> we've talked about this as well. The time of year that this is not the normal time of year. So we're heavy into football season, NBA's going on, hockey, everything else is all the other sports are going on except for ba- majors, except for baseball. So it's been tougher to get into this. Uh, at the as we are taping this, Argentina and Croatia are actually playing, and then the other semifinalists, Fla- uh, France and Morocco. Uh, so we, I, I would imagine people are expecting a France-Argentina final? Is that is that – and, I mean, we've already had some upsets, so we know they could happen, but it seems that that's the final everybody is expecting.
1: I think so, but like you said, there have been so many upsets that who knows what's going to happen. If Croatia takes you to penalty kicks, watch out, because yeah, they, are, yeah. <laughs> they are the PK killers. Um, yeah, I think, like you said uh, – the games being on like in the middle of the day in, in December when there's like a million other things going on are are, are tough. We've, we talked about that already, but even more so, Mike, w- as soon as we scheduled this podcast recording, I was like, does Mike know that that's at the beginning of one of the World Cup <laughs> semifinal games? <laughs> because we literally started recording this podcast right when it started. So yeah, yeah, we good did. job to us. Yeah, we're we're really good at this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so what the, the third place game is actually December 17th, where there are I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bowl games on that day. <laughs> but the final on December 18th, there are there are no bowl games, but it is a it is a Sunday, which is NFL, but it's going to be over, I believe, by the time the NFL games start. Uh, if memory serves, on the time of that. So uh, that would be good because that's another thing. It's tough for those games, especially when U.S. is not involved to compete with with football, whether it's pro or college. Even bowl games, Jess. Even bowl games because people watch. I get tired of it every year. People complain there's too many bowl games. There shouldn't be this many bowl games. And you know what my, my answer is? Then don't watch. Nobody is forcing you to turn the TV on nobody so there's either either a million bowl games or what do you want just six bowl games i mean these teams go if you're 6 and 6 or 7 and 5 or 8 and 4 you go to a bowl game you get extra practices with what coaches really like the most and you go play and if you don't want to turn it on don't turn it on but why are you complaining there are so many bowl games it doesn't affect your life <laughs> It doesn't affect you if in the hometown Lenders Bahama Bowl, Miami of Ohio and UAB airplane. I mean, don't complain about it. Just don't watch it if you don't want to. That blows my mind every year, Jess.
1: Uh, I agree with you. And and then, you know, the people want to make fun of all the, like, goofy sponsors of it. And I'm like, you're not allowed to do both. You're not allowed to complain that there's too many and right. make jokes about the dumb bowl game names. You can only have one. Um, we're going to get to some more breaking down of bowl games, Mike. But before we do that, I do need to ask you, yes. This is a this was a momentous weekend for you. You turned... <sighs> The big 6-0, 60 years I old. I need to hear about, A, how many candles you were able to fit on that tiny birthday cake that I saw you eating. B, what flavor <laughs> of cake it was and what you did for your birthday. So we're
2: not big birthday celebration people anyway. And as you get older, you you just kind of treat it like another day. But this this was kind of a big number. I, you know, I feel good for 60 I feel in good shape, but it's still 60. You know, I mean, that's still the age. Um, so what you do also is you just put basically a candle on the cake for each decade. Because you can't oh. put 60 candles on a cake. You're, I mean, that's a fire mm-hmm. hazard. You got to have the... Yeah. You, a, you'd need a monster cake. I'd need a sheet cake, which, by the way, <laughs> I would not turn down. Um, oh. But but to put... to. Could you imagine trying to light sixty candles? I mean, the first no. twenty would be melted down to the bottom by the time you got the sixtieth one lit. You would need a right?
1: flamethrower, I think, yeah, probably yeah, to light would. them all at once. Yeah, right. So we got are a you a sheet? Are you a sheet cake, cake. fan? I'm not uh, really I'm a-, a sheet cake fan.
2: Jess, I'm an any cake fan. Okay, I am fair a- enough. As a matter of fact, us in the Golick House, we are fans of like the at Notre Dame the Martin sheet cakes. Oh, you know, yes. We, yeah, the, the, the cream-filled donuts, the Long John's cream-filled donuts and the sheet cakes Oh, I Martin's. love Long John's. Yeah, right. oh, phenomenal.
1: Good to know for 61, but continue. But, but what, got, kind of, what kind of cake was this?
2: So I'm a chocolate guy, so if everybody saw the picture, it was chocolate frosting, and then there was some chocolate fudge in it. There was, like, some vanilla cake as well, but it had a couple layers. It was, I would say, 75% chocolate, different kinds of chocolate, Um, And and that that's kind of me. And and obviously, Chris knows that. So she kind of steered that way um, a little bit. But it was a smaller cake (laughs) because, you know, I got to be a little more careful as I get older, you know, not eating Mm -hmm. too much junk and blah, 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 blah. I hate that bullshit. But I I have to. But yes. So it was that. That's the main thing, though, is you start doing each candle counts as 10. That's that's kinda what happened. I didn't
1: know that. That's that's a very yeah. that's a very smart way to do it. Did you get well, anything good for your birthday other than the cake?
2: Um, I had been basically live and, and we don't do a lot of presents either because we're kinda like if you need something my birthday's December twelfth. If I need mm-hmm. something or see something I like in March, I'm gonna get it. Right. So a lot of times there's there's, you know, oh, what's this thing he needs? You know, so we haven't done presents in a while. You already
1: have a golf cart. You don't need anything else. Yeah,
2: it's exactly right. I had been living. I was out here. um, I'm in Arizona now. And last year at some point with Jake and we were in the pool. And for whatever reason, we were happened to be drinking and I was kind of lit. And I forgot I had my Apple watch on and I wanted to take it off. And I took it off and I threw it and I threw it way (laughs) harder than I thought. And it hit like the oh leg of, of of a of a, a lounge chair, and it cracked the face. And I never replaced it. I had been walking around and using a cracked face Apple Watch for a year, so uh, I was not I, I was not expecting it gift. That's something that
1: like an eighteen year old would do.
2: I know, yes, and I, and I did it because I was acting eighteen that day. Um, <laughs> and Jake just Jake just laughed at me, but Chris did uh, give me give me a new Apple Watch. So oh, that's so nice. because she's like. You needed it. You never replaced that one because you know you could easily go to the Apple Store and replace it. I just never went. You know, it's just like this still works. I can see through the crack and tell what time it is, and blah blah blah. So that was the only real gift I got, other than some cards and such like that. So, well, but it, well, it was a, it was a nice day. It was sixty is like I said. You know, it it kind of gets you a little bit, but uh, somehow, some way, I'll I'll make it through.
1: It wasn't the only gift that you got because we here at the Golick and Smitty podcast actually have a gift for you as well. Happy
3: birthday to the man, oh. the man, the legend, Mike. Happy,
1: Happy birthday, birthday Dad. Dad. We love you. We hope you have a great day.
2: Oh, says happy birthday
1: too. <laughs> hey Mike, it is Mina. I wanted to wish you happy birthday. You are a Titan in the industry, father to one of my favorite people, and 60 years old and still an incredibly aspirational head of hair. So you got that going for you too. Happy birthday.
3: Happy birthday! Happy birthday! birthday. Yay. 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 The big
1: six zone. Okay. Dance or don't dance!
0: ah mike golick 60 and 0 out of the midwest leads the league in s-y-o-w-c-k-m-a 60 year olds who could kick my ass mike i'm afraid of you but thank you for all you do for stugats and myself on god bless football we have a great time every week with you happy 60th uh don't listen to jess when she says she put all this together this was all stugats and myself and every other famous person you hear from, we coordinated with that. And you may hear from some other people because we made them promises on your behalf that we can't keep. So just kind of go along with it and, uh, you know, enjoy your 60th.
3: OG Golik, it's your boy Cliff out here, man, just, just out here chilling in, in, in New York. I just want to wish you a happy birthday, man. You, you're honestly one of the best people I ever met in my life. Um, you know, those three years we spent together working on Golden Eagle go was some of the best of, you know, of my lifetime, the best of my career, just because you made the morning so much fun and and you was just one of the nicest people I've ever got to interact with, talk with, hang out with, kick it with, chill with, you know, drink beers with, play with, laugh at. Man, I, I wish I had the old man sounder for you ready to go, but, you know, hopefully one day <laughs> we're going to be reunited and, and I'll get to do that in person for you. So um, listen, and enjoy the big 6 man. I appreciate you. Love you to death, man. And, uh, you know, I hope it's the best one yet, man. Appreciate you so much, Golik. Happy 60th birthday, Dan.
1: Happy birthday, Pappy. We miss you. We hope it's filled with lots of donuts and love from all the dogs. Looking forward to seeing you down in Florida. Go Irish.
0: Hey, Golik and Smeddy, out on a mobile phone. First time, long time. Love the show. Love it. Keep it up. Uh, Mike. Happy birthday to you from me and from everyone involved with the BCS College Football Playoff Committee. And you know who I'm talking about. We love you and we wish you a happy birthday. You lead the country, Mike Golick, in HSYAS. Holy shit, you are 60. <laughs> and of course, I H I L L Y W I T S. I hope I look like you when I turn 60. How about that? I mean, listen, I know I won't because I'm 50 and I look older than you do. Uh, Mike, (laughs) happy birthday. We love you. I love you. Do yourself a favor. Do what you do every day. Play like a 60-year-old today, which means eat a ton of junk and go to sleep by 830. Happy birthday, Mike.
3: (laughs) All right, Mike. Happy birthday, brother. Uh, I guess this is the time I'm supposed to roast you for being 60. I'm not going to do it because I'm right around the corner. So I'm here with all good. First off, we go all the way back to 1980-81. We are first team All-Americans, not that I have to remind you. High school All-Americans together all the way through playing against each other at SC and Notre Dame. And wins are hard to come by, so I'm taking that whiskey, that cigar, and that steak from SC's win this year. Because, like I said, it's tough to beat Notre Dame. And then all our years on television at ESPN, the original analyst for NFL Tonight and NFL Live. The reason I state all those is because you've been the same guy no matter what. You and your great family. You've been an honorable friend. So I'm not going to roast you. I'm going to save that for uh, all the other people. Mine's just a thank you for being a great friend. Thank you for the all the laughs at Pro Bowls and Super Bowls and all the great insight. We've had great times for a lot of years. And there's a lot more to come. You're a Hall of Fame broadcaster, but you're also a Hall of Fame friend, dad and husband. And uh, I'm honored to know you. And I don't want you to get in your feels. You know, I get it, but the truth is, it's been great, and the memories will be with me forever. And you seem like you're aging the other way, uh, not that you're 60. you age aging like you still got some eligibility left, although I don't think you and I want any part of that. But I am grateful. <laughs> it's a friendship forever, man, and thanks for all the good times. I hope you enjoy your birthday. Enjoy all the roasting all the fellas are going to give you, but I appreciate you. I love you, brother. Happy birthday, and I'll just say this going away. Happy birthday to you and many more. Yeah, don't get in your feels. Have a great one. Happy birthday, brother. You deserve it.
2: Wow. Wow. And listen, Jess, all I gotta say is believe me, I do not believe Billy and Stu. I know this they, they couldn't do this. <laughs> this this is something only you could really pull off. Wow. That was very nice. I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody who chimed in on that. That was that was very cool. I, I did get my feels a little bit there. That that was that got me a little bit. Wow.
1: All right. Well, don't cry too hard. Actually, our producer, Drew, set up pretty much everything and Gojo did help. So I can't really take credit either, which is not very StuGatz of me, but I'm glad you enjoyed it, Mike. You are a very popular guy. We That video probably could have been like three hours long if we actually got, you know, every person involved who wanted to wish you a happy birthday.
2: That was that was gosh, really really nice. I, I I look forward to now watching this online after we're done and we post this thing so I can see that again and and check out everybody again. And wow, that was that was cool. I did notice um, I have three kids and just two were on that video. Um, I noticed that Jake, too. Yeah, Jake and his lovely wife Jenny and my my first uh, uh, grandchild and Jackson. And then Sydney and my daughter, Sydney, and, and her husband, Ben. Wonderful birthday wishes and no hmm. gojo to be found.
1: Wow. wow. Maybe you should look into that. Maybe someone's not getting a Christmas present. How about that?
2: Now, I was just in L.A. with him when I did the Chargers-Miami game. And we went out to dinner the night before. And he did buy uh, dinner oh, for Oh, well, my there birthday. you go. Yeah, and, and, and as he put it, he he said, This may be the first time I actually bought a meal for you. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And
1: probably the last too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, how well, about it? But my, that, that was that was very nice. I, I really
1: appreciate it. I'm glad you stuff. enjoyed it. What let's cool. segue let's segue seamlessly now into the Dolphins uh, LA Chargers game from Sunday night. What what were your thoughts on that performance? I know Tua had a really tough game. The Chargers won, they're now above five hundred. What do you take away from that?
2: Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I I was interested to see how Miami, they both were coming off losses. Miami got shelled by San Francisco and the Chargers had lost uh, to the Raiders. So I was really interested how they were going to answer the bell, especially Miami, because Miami was coming off a five game win streak before they lost to San Francisco. And Tua looked like he had some happy feet in San Fran. They only ran the ball eight times in that game for like 33 yards. And and they just, they looked bad. I think, I think San Fran had like 86 or 89 plays and, and Miami had like 46 plays. So I was really looking at them to see how they were going to bounce back. And they really didn't. That game score was closer than it probably should have been, but that's the NFL. Again, Tua had a tough night throwing. He was off the mark on some of his some of his throws. And Justin Herbert basically started setting records yesterday, passing the likes of Dan Marino and touchdown passes and Andrew Luck in yards and all that for the first three seasons uh, in the NFL. He's basically has broken every record. Um, so... I I was a little surprised. Miami kind of looked the same that they looked when they were when they lost to San Francisco. Now they did stay out there for the whole week. They they played at uh, practice at UCLA all week, so it was interesting. After the game, the Chargers were the seventh team. They were in the playoffs, and then after Monday night's game, when New England beat the Cardinals. Now the the Chargers are on the outside looking in, and it's New England that's in the playoffs now. So it'll be a battle for the end of that playoffs. Miami's, I'm I'm sure, and and by the way, the Chargers have a very easy schedule by record. Again, we never know what happens in the NFL. Houston Mm -hmm. almost beat Dallas. Um, So I'll, I'll be interested to see how they finish the season. But it was interesting. So I'm on the sideline before the game. And, and my old teammate Dan Marino who's an advisor for the Dolphins was down there so we were chatting you know me him and Mike and, and Mike Tirico was around there and Chris Collins were so we were all kind of just chatting it up there and someone comes over to, to Dan and says hey uh, Fergie wants to say hi and we're like Fergie I'm like Fergie Fergie? And they're like, Yeah, Fergie, Fergie wants Sarah to see. Sarah Ferguson?
1: Hi. Which which Fergie are we talking about? Yeah, Black Eyed Peas the, Fergie?
2: Yes, that's the singer Fergie. So we look over and there she is. She got a dolphins jersey on. She's what? tiny, by the way. Yeah, yeah, had a dolphin and I guess Dan obviously knew her and Dan went over. And was talking to her and stuff. And I'm like, oh, pretty, must be nice when someone says, hey, Fergie wants to see you. You know, it, it's not like she looked over and said, hey, who's that guy with Golik? You know, her and Dan right. obviously knew each other. Uh, she but said, yeah, who's that guy was,
1: with Dan? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to say it the other way, you know.
1: Uh,
2: but uh, that was, that was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, had the, I didn't know she was a Dolphin fan and all that uh, as well. But uh, so, yeah, that was my takeaway of the game. So I'm interested to see Miami now has to go to Buffalo. I mean, their last two away games are Buffalo and New England. I mean, so the weather could be complete shit for them. So it's going to be interesting how they finish up.
1: I, I also read that they had heaters on the sideline for the Chargers game. Was I don't know if you saw that. Like That could have been a total fake thing, but apparently it was like in the 50s and they needed heaters. And I was like, good luck in Buffalo and yeah. New England in December, if that's the case.
2: I did, I'm did. i not going to lie. Now, I didn't look for them, but I did not see heaters. Now, maybe they were there, but it was, I mean, listen, I'm from Cleveland and, and lived in cold places, especially South Bend, which you know of as well. I mean, there were people in their, their down jackets and winter clothes at this game. And I'm like, it's in the fifties here, game. Yeah. It's balmy out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's actually pretty nice outside. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, cause we just saw with the jets and Buffalo, you know, the snow that was going on. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's happening in, in the East uh, area of the country. So we'll see what the weather is going to be. But I think, I think it's going to be a tough finish for Miami. And I think, the Chargers, they got to get some players back from injuries, are kind of peaking at the right time.
1: Yeah. Do you think that that does actually impact players, though? If you're used to playing in, in like, heat and humidity all season and you, you just become accustomed to that, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the final stretch of games, you're traveling up north, um, does that affect your playing style, how you prepare, your mentality? Like, does that actually impact what the results yes. of the games might be? Just yes. the temperature? Oh,
2: absolutely. Well, the temperature can, and then you throw some cold rain or snow wintry on wintry
1: mix. And, yeah,
2: yeah, and and that will that will. Change. Now, I liked it. Everybody laughs when I say this, but I wasn't the greatest athlete on the field. So when it was shitty on the turf, everybody's kind of athletic ability came closer to mine, and I mean that seriously, you know. And yeah, and, no, it makes know, sense. So so I didn't mind playing in crappy weather at all. But, yeah, it can affect running backs, wide receivers, DBs. You're slipping. you got to keep your feet closer together. you got to be careful of taking too big a stride. If it's cold and you're not used to cold, let me tell you, getting hit, getting smoked in cold will rattle your bones as opposed to getting smoked in the heat. Uh, It can still hurt, but in that cold weather, it can be very, very difficult, especially, again, if you're not used to it. Uh, You know, especially imagine if you played – if you were born and raised in warm weather played college in warm weather were on an NFL team that was in warm weather and then you got to go play in the cold so it it will definitely affect some players they'll put on more clothes than they think they need and yeah. then sometimes that that, that stuff yeah. will get wet you know and weigh you down a little bit so there's no doubt it can have an effect if you're not used to it as opposed to teams that are used to it
1: I imagine it's difficult for punters and kickers too, who might not be used to what you have to do differently, you know, to the ball before you're about to kick or whatever. And I remember playing like you, you know youth soccer, and when it was cold out, and the ball would hit you like in the thigh yeah. or in the leg, and it would leave like the stitches would leave a print on your leg if it was really cold out. Versus you know if it was if it was warm out, that wouldn't happen. But um, yeah, playing in the cold is pretty miserable. I don't envy uh, people. People from Miami who have to go travel up to Buffalo now to play and have a potential, you know, playoff spot on the line. And it all kind of comes down to the weather and and if it holds up and if you're totally miserable or not on the sideline. Uh, But you mentioned the Chargers having an easy end to their schedule. The Eagles have gotten some flack for not having the most difficult schedule this year, and they get to finish the season with the Bears, Saints, Giants, and then the Cowboys on, on Christmas uh, next weekend. So that that will be a really tough divisional matchup game, I'm sure, on Christmas Eve. Um, but they may finish the season with only one or two losses. And yeah. how do you feel about their chances once the playoffs start?
2: I, I think that talk of they haven't played a tough schedule, i throw that shit right out the window. This is the most <laughs> balanced team in the NFL. I mean, I would say that probably about San Francisco as well, even though they lost – Jimmy Garoppolo, until I I amazingly started hearing former players saying, well, they might be better off with Brock Purdy than Jimmy Garoppolo. Please shut the hell up on that. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, Brock Purdy has played a game and a half. He may very well do well, but to sit there and say after a game and a half that he's they're better off with him than Jimmy Garoppolo is a joke. Is an absolute joke to say. People
1: did the same thing with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. And now, like, Dak Prescott's playing really well. And it's like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't make those. There's a reason why one player is a starter and making a ton of money and one maybe isn't. Like, let's settle down now. And again,
2: Brock may do well, but we We have a sample of a game and a half, and I hope he does well. But to sit there at this point and say they may be better off with him because, well, you know what we've seen out of Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, they were in the Super Bowl when he was a quarterback. They were in the NFC Championship game when they were the quarterback. Last I checked, only two teams go to the Super Bowl, and only four teams, two from each conference, are in that championship game. So that's pretty damn good when you can help get your team there. So let's pump the brakes on that one saying that they're better off, you know, with Brock Purdy at this point. Um, and now I, I forgot my, my, tr- Oh, the Eagles. So the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I think they're the most balanced team. And I think that's ridiculous to say, well, they haven't played anybody. They're outside of that close game, you know, that we had with the Colts where they had to come back and win that one. And they've been put at the last three games, they scored 48, 35 and 40. Before, you know and before that was the 17point game then before that 32 29 35, 26 I mean they can score their defense is really good uh, as well so I, I see them uh, now again once you get in the playoffs it can be one and done and you have one bad game and you could be done uh, but but they're they to me they're clearly the best team in the NFL.
1: Before we move on to our, our brief little uh bowl preview here, bowl season starting <laughs> on Friday. Any any other final thoughts on this weekend in, in the NFL?
2: Um, you know, I, I th- it's about positioning now, right? It's about teams now there's only the one bye, only only the top team gets the buy, so that's kind of you know, Philly is is getting close to wrapping that one up because they're they're two games clear of the of the Next closest are the Vikings with three losses, Cowboys with three losses. I know Philly plays the Cowboys again. They already beat them this year. So now it's kind of about positioning, and it's about attrition. When you see players start to get hurt, are you going to get them back for, A, a playoff to get your team into the playoff, or a playoff run, or when you're in the playoffs, to have them there? So that, to me, is what you watch now is, especially when you start to see a blowout is – my God, for the team that's going to go on to the playoffs, don't get anybody hurt. And then God forbid you got to play the lines if you're a team looking to get into the playoffs. Because they now they are six and seven, and I saw the stat. The last four years, a team that has been six and seven after thirteen games, at least one team has made the playoffs four straight years. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, you know, in, in this case. Um uh as far as that happening again but the lions are six and seven the lions are playing extremely well so let's see where that ends up but that's always the other interesting one who gives one away like dallas almost gave one away to the team that's going to have the first pick in the draft the houston texans so you just don't know what's going to happen on a sunday and you could sit here and say oh yeah this team will take care the only one i was really sure of and and it i still could have been wrong but it turned out i was right because it's another thing I hate. Well, Tom Brady's playing against Brock Purdy, and Tom Brady is six and zero playing against first year quarterbacks. Tom Brady isn't six and zero when playing against first year quarterbacks. Tom Brady's team right. and defense are six and zero against playing. Tom doesn't play against the other quarterbacks. Uh-huh. so that's such a shit stat that that I can't stand it. <laughs> and San Francisco was just flat out the better team. T- they were, and they yeah. showed it, and they smoked Tampa Bay. And I thought they would. Uh, in this one, so uh, that one, and then I went off, Jess, I do it when I was doing college games, kind of about the, the the rule where you get tossed out of the game for the targeting hit. I lose my mind sometimes in, in this. There, I think it was Jalen Phillips for the Chargers sacked Tua and hit him square, hit him clean, and then As he was going to on Oh Yeah,
1: that was terrible.
2: Oh, my God. He put both hands out. So both hands hit the ground as everybody was hitting the ground. So he didn't put all his weight on him. And they threw a late flag on that. I I lost my mind in the booth on that one. I mean, it is such a shit rule the way it's interpreted. I get – now, listen. I had a guy in Clyde Simmons who would tuck the arm of the quarterback and literally dive bomb him into the turf, which was legal at that point. I think one year, Jess, I'm not kidding you, I think he separated three shoulders of quarterbacks Jesus with the way he tackled. But it was legal. So I understand if you want to take that part of it out of the game. Okay. But these guys are trying. These guys are trying to not land with their full weight, and they're still throwing the flag. I mean, I, I and all you get is an apology letter. Hey, sorry, we missed that call. And the Chargers better be getting one because the league better be saying, and I haven't read anything about it yet, the league better be saying we screwed up that call because that shouldn't have been roughing the passer because if they come out and say we support what the ref called and that's roughing the passer I'm going to I'll lose my mind even more cuz that was horrific
1: yeah, okay, he looks I like he put now. both of his – I'm glad you got that off your chest. Um, I look like he put both of his hands down to brace himself yep. to not put the body weight on, which, like, if that's the rule, maybe you look at that one a little closer and, and don't call it. I don't mind the rule. Just, yeah, like, real right, right. consistency is good. And, and knowing when a player's going out of their way to make an unnatural motion to stop themselves, which, yes. by the way, could also cause an injury. Yeah, yes. like, maybe don't exactly. call that one. But oh. I digress. Mike – we need to talk about some bowl games uh, before yeah. bowl weekend kicks off officially on Friday. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of not so great bowl games, but also like we said, we're gonna watch all of them. We're going to enjoy watching all of them. The one, yep. um, maybe maybe we should both give like our two that we're looking out for or. Uh, excited for or that we think are going to be terrible. I have a contender for one, which I think would be on every person's list of bowl games that they will hate watch, and that Uh is uh, the Music City Bowl. It is Iowa versus Kentucky. Uh, The under for the game is, I believe right now, 31.5 points. I was on their third (laughs) string quarterback for this game because uh, Spencer Petras has to have surgery season ending injury and then their backup i believe hit the transfer portal already so he's not playing um these are both teams that already struggled with offense before injuries and opt outs it's going to be a low scoring game in nashville i can't wait to watch it um just all around a a fun fabulous game that i cannot uh, wait to see on uh new year's eve so a couple weeks from now
2: yeah you know sometimes you say when When it's a low-scoring game, you say, oh, it's great defenses. This, Iowa can't score. I mean, it's just – They do have a great
1: defense, though, but, yeah, they can't score. they do,
2: yes. I did the (laughs) Iowa-Penn State game last year at Iowa, and when Iowa was undefeated, and I was like, oh, my God, they couldn't do anything in that game. It's it's a tough watch for them uh, offensively. And I think one of the portal quarterbacks already said he was going to Iowa. I I could be wrong about that, but I'm like – why would you choose to go there if you're a quarterback and want to throw the ball around? It just is not going to – and listen, they've turned out some excellent tight ends that are in the NFL, no doubt about that. Uh, Cade, but that, uh, that Cade
1: McNamara, the, yeah. the backup from Michigan, from Michigan is Michigan. going is going to Iowa, which, yeah, I agree, that's an interesting choice. But who knows, maybe he's getting a, a nice NIL deal when he gets there. You there you go. Wink, I, I, wink. Love
2: the, I love the name of one of the bowls. The um, It's the Sun Bowl. It's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. See, I went to yeah. two bowl games, and you always wonder, what are you going to get at these games? Do you have an unlimited supply of Frosted Flakes
1: at this game? I, by the way, ha, I love a, that cereal. I think uh, you get a Frosted Flakes bath if you win, right? The winning coach. That's been my favorite thing that's come out of bowl games the last, like, three years. Like, I think the bowl game organizers have realized, A, The way to sell these games is on social media and by having, you know, clips that go viral and becoming like a, like Duke's Mayo has made itself into a, a, their bowl game is now the Duke's Mayo Bowl brand name. You associate it with that game. Like people, college football fans know it and think about it. Same with the Cheez-It Bowl. Like they do a really good job of marketing themselves and there's like a Cheez-It bath now and a French fry bath at the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. And so I'm glad that they're leaning into the silliness of all the bowl sponsors and not, you know, taking it seriously. Um, you have to get a Frosted Flakes bath in have the to. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, I think. Watching Pat Narduzzi or Chip Kelly, either one, because it's Pittsburgh versus UCLA, watching either of them get something dumped on their heads would be hilarious to me. I know that the Duke's Mayo Bowl has been uh, anti-dumping mayonnaise on the field, but they're doing right. it like a, as a social media play now. They have
2: a place now where the coach goes and gets the mayo dumped on them.
1: Yeah, I mean, may- maybe that's because I'm a child of the Nickelodeon slime generation, yeah. but I'm so excited to watch. You know, maybe it'll be Dave Doran this year, get mayonnaise dumped on his head after the game. So those are the little things um, that I look forward to. One game that I'm actually interested in from a football perspective is the Cotton Bowl, because it seems like Caleb Williams is Probably not going to play based off the point spread. USC is only favored by a point and a half. And uh, if you are someone who actually bets or or you know picks against the points or with the points and any sort of like pool with the portal and injuries and opt outs and everything, like you have to wait until the next yes. the last minute to make any sort of picks because the lines could swing crazy in either way with opt-outs and stuff like that. So if Caleb Williams doesn't play, it looks like this might be a pretty even matchup because you have to think about your mindset if you're a Tulane player getting to play in a New York Six Bowl game. Um, Your team was very, you know, I think they won three games in 2021. Um, Willie Fritz did a great job this season. Now they're in the New York Six game. They won their conference and you get to play USC and the chance to beat USC has to be such a tremendous motivating factor in this game that i'm i'm really excited to watch it and i I hope it's a close game
2: and and the one thing that that i caution people on is like if say tulane beats usc and next year we're like tulane watch out look what they did to usc i don't put a lot of stock in bowl games a because again you're right we don't know who's playing and b just as Tulane is very excited to play in that game, USC yeah. is probably pissed they're playing in that game. For because sure. They, they wanted a, to be
1: in the playoffs. <laughs> yes.
2: And, and and they had a chance. There's one thing if you wanted to be in the playoffs and you didn't have a chance. They had it in their control to be in the playoffs, and they didn't take care of business. Can, you know, Congrats to Utah on that. So they may not be as mentally, you know, they're like, oh, shit, okay, we got to go play this bowl game. And then you add the fact, especially in the last couple of years, you just don't know who's playing in the game. You don't know who's opting out. You don't know if they have a little minor inj- injury and they're going to come back next year. The coach just says, screw that. You're not playing in this game. You know we don't, want, we don't want you hurting it, re-injuring, and rehabbing in the offseason. This, again, is the time for 15 practices. And because guys who redshirt can still play in four games, a lot of coaches make that fourth game be the bowl game so some of the young players can play. Um, so I'm with you while there's going to be overs and unders and lines on all these games, which, you know, people love to gamble on, man, I mean, it's almost like betting on preseason football. I wouldn't know what to, what to bet on and not because, uh, but, but listen, the people who set these lines, uh, can be very smart about things. And, you know, look, look at, look at our game, you know, the Gator Bowl with South Carolina and Notre Dame, two of our best players aren't playing and I, and I get it. Michael Mayer, the, the the best tight end in the country, is out. Well, uh, he's, he is.
1: Che- well, maybe we shouldn't even get started on that.
2: Can, tight can, end well, the Mackey Award? award I mean,
1: uh, uh. listen,
2: and, and I'm a Brock Bowers fan. Brock Bowers, a true <laughs> sophomore. Michael Mayer, a true junior. Michael Mayer will be the first tight end taken. Brock Bowers has to come back because he hasn't been in three years. And he's a fantastic tight end. Fantastic tight end. But Michael Mayer had the year this year. So. Him not winning the Mackey Award, to me, was was a joke. But he'll be the first tight end taken in the draft. Brock Bowers will be the the first tight end taken next year in the draft. But Mayer's not playing. And Isaiah Foskey, who set the sack record at Notre Dame this year, he's not playing. And I get it. I understand it. Totally. And and Drew Pine, who had quarterback the whole year, he's in the transfer portal. So Tyler Buckner, who was the starter but got hurt in the first game, seems like he's back from injury. And he may start in this game, but he hasn't played all year. So – you have absolutely no idea what to expect in these games.
1: Yeah, and and three of South Carolina's players have hit the transfer portal already, and their DB Cam Smith, has opted out for the draft. Yeah. Um, it's happening on both sides. The other thing that happened on both sides of a matchup, which I think we, we might have already talked about, was uh, the Cincinnati-Louisville game. Both yeah. of those teams lost their coach, but then Louisville's coach went to Cincinnati, and they're yep. playing against each other in the Fenway Bowl this weekend. I mean, that is a game that I truly... I am watching for just the storyline because I think Cincinnati's starting quarterback is hurt, so he's not going to play, but it's going to be, I think, a shit show. I'm excited for it. It's also sponsored by Wasabi, which like... Wasabi. I didn't know that was a company. I thought it was just a type of horseradish. Me too.
2: Oh, That's the other thing. Names of bowls are great, aren't they? Love I them.
1: love them. I love them. So you're you, when you're speaking of being, you know, making it, how difficult it is to pick these games, we actually got sent this like... Um, oh. Subscribers only guide from VSN, which I've it's I've unreal. been digging into, and you can oh. get this by subscribing to VSN and their their um, expert picks and analysis of all the bowl games. But my takeaway from reading all of this, Mike, like how this isn't this is impossible, especially now with with opting out, like you said. It's already hard to pick these games, yep. and hard to tell who's motivated to play and how much a game means to a team in the postseason before any of you know the transfer portal and the opt-outs happen. But now, uh, I can't imagine being one of these odds makers because it seems like every game could just be a toss-up.
2: <laughs> but that that report is unbelievable. It's how awesome, in depth yeah. it is. It it really is fantastic. So I'm
1: gonna do uh, I'm gonna do all my picks using this and not tell anyone that, yeah. in my family that I had it because we do an annual bowl pick. Them and um, when I win Ooh. this year, finally for the first time, uh, they're not yeah, going to know just that I have help. You're- they're going to be no like, thing. well, you're in the yeah. business. You're smart. Exactly. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing, though. That's the thing that sucks about being in any sort of ball pickem. If you work in media, I don't like. I'm not an expert on picking games. Like, no. I watch the games. I know who's playing, who's not playing, who's good, who's not good, all of that. But when it comes to like picking against the spread or with the spread, whatever, overs and unders, like I'm as smart as any anyone else. Right. Right. I'm yeah. not an expert at it. Nope. But if you win, your family's like, oh, well, of course, like you should yeah. win. And then if you, you lose, know. they're like, I should have your job. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, you no. No, you it's shouldn't. It's a no win situation. You're exactly you're
2: a-, a thousand percent. But I'll right. take
1: their money. So it's fine. one
2: thing I think you and I need to think about for next year's bowl is there's a Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl. <laughs> yeah. How about a Golic and Smetty bowl?
1: <laughs> a Golic and what would What would our bowl, what would we dump on the winning coach if, if we had a bowl game? Would it just and, be donuts?
2: And also, what would our swag bag be?
1: Mm, you know, that's a bunch a good of question. pastry
2: place gift cards, you know? <laughs> It would have to be around sweets and baking, right? I mean, because yeah. that's something we both love.
1: I think so. I think it would have to be, you know, we the winning coach gets a, a bucket of donuts dumped on their head. Yeah, who wouldn't um, love that? The swag bag, maybe you get like uh, free IT help from Best Buy for a year or something like that in honor of Golic Sr. Yeah, not my inability to how to plug in to, his microphone. To know how
2: to do anything. Yeah, go yeah. With the Golik and Smeddy Bowl. I think we, we need to look into that. We just I mean, need someone like to pick it. up the tab.
1: <laughs> <laughs> DraftKings?
2: Yeah, there you go. DraftKings, how about you? <laughs> we'll call it the DraftKings Golik and Smeddy Bowl. I have no problem with that.
1: Golik and Smeddy Bowl presented by DraftKings.
2: There you go. Even There you go. Even better. Even better. And then real quick, lastly, for the Gator Bowl, which is in Jacksonville, which is in the same state you live in right now. I'll, I don't know if you're going to the game, but uh, the three the three Golick boys will be there. I'm going there. Gojo's I wish going. I was, and, and my son Jake will be there as well. Yeah,
1: I wish I was. That's going to be a fun time. I'm I'm excited for all of you.
2: You so you won't be there. You won't, no, you won't but, come and partake.
1: But, but bring bring home a win for for me, please.
2: That's what we're looking for. Yeah, we're gonna have some fun down there. It's uh, gonna be a good time. Looking forward to it. But yeah, the bowl start um, on on December sixteenth. You start with one bowl, and then, man, it's just football heaven if you like it. And yeah. please, if, you, if you're on Twitter, please do not tweet, why do we have all these bowls? This is a waste of time. Because your time is not being wasted if you don't tune into the game. If you want to get crushed by me, this is one of – I don't go on Twitter a lot, but there are things that just send me. So if I see a, a tweet where somebody's complaining that there's too many bowl games, I'm going to go after them. I'm just going to because it's the dumbest, one of the dumbest arguments there is. I Don't do
1: it in, unless you want the wrath of Mike Golic in your yeah, DMs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
2: exactly right. But enjoy enjoy the start of bowl season. I think it's uh, it's always fun to me. I, I, I definitely always enjoy it.